and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest price on every tire every day. Big thanks to Big O Tires. We have some breaking news coming out of Utah State. We're going to talk to Locke here in a moment. But uh, Craig Smith has tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, According to the release from Utah State, he is asymptomatic. So uh, he will not be coaching against BYU on Saturday at very least. Well, it's... It's everywhere, man. It's it's affecting so many people. Well, we know Chris, uh, Coach Chris Koviak uh, was dealing with it, and uh, what was that uh, last week, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, uh, you know they're dealing with on every level. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, just please, everybody out there, be careful, as careful as you can. All right, his uh, appearance, of course, each and every week is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the zone phone. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our friend David Locke. What's going on, David? Not much. How are you, Jake? I was thinking about you the other day, Jake. Where, where are your ski passes this year? Oh, man, you know, David, I, I, I'm I, going to piecemeal it this year, I think, because uh, I've got my three-year-old, and I think most of my skiing this year is going to be, uh, you know, uh, probably on Chickadee or at the Bunny Hill uh, at some of the resorts. So I didn't I didn't go with the seasons this year because I want to get her into it. All right. It's unacceptable, but I'll understand. <laughs> I, have a que- I have a question for you on that, David. When you got uh, your kids involved in skiing, what? Uh, how how old were they, and how did you go about getting them acclimated to that? Um, so when they were very little, they rode on my back in a backpack, and I skied them around the hill, which we think uh-huh. might have been what got them hooked because um, they just felt pretty, you know, speed at a level they probably never felt it. Um, then we just did all ski school. Uh, my son started at Whistler because we lived in Seattle at the time and then through Crystal Mountain. Um, my daughter did the Deer Valley Locals program. Um, her par- her dad is not well. I don't know if you guys know that about my daughter, but her dad is, is not well. And so his her dad decided to convince everyone that if she went to kindergarten half day and ski school half day, it was the same thing as going to kindergarten all day. Oh. Um, and people bought it. Um, so she like, like three or four days a week went up to Deer Valley locals in the afternoon and skied. So she got a lot of days in early. Um, and then they both, uh, at a very early age went into the Romark program, which is really, you know, one, it's probably the most untalked about for, it's so interesting to me. I'll just share this. And this is certainly the bias on my part, but for a town that is so prideful about any time one of our own does well, like you'd have no idea that the Romark Academy last week produced the women's downhill women's super g and women's giant slalom national champion wow that's pretty amazing um that three of the nine women on the u.s ski team are out of a ski academy in downtown salt lake city so um that program's amazing both the kids have been through that program and that's what's uh led them to kind of be where they are and they've both had pretty you know to you know, it's a sport that's got a lot of problems. It's a, not a 1% sport. It's a 0.01% sport. It doesn't have, 
it does not have it's got an access problem for people so it's limiting the playing field a great deal just by getting into it you have an advantage already so it's not you know there's some elements where privilege allows you to succeed in a sport at a pretty high level but with that said that program's been great so my kids just and the whole point I got them in the program to start with was so I could ski with them and now I never get to ski with them because there's one too good and two training all the time hmm. David, I want to ask you about uh, the Jazz, of course. We heard from Rudy yesterday. He talked about, uh, you know, how much he wants to be here and wants to continue with the with the Jazz, and that's, of course, what you would uh, expect to hear from him. And I'm, I'm trying to guard myself against reading into situations because uh, uh, obviously I don't have, uh, you know, concrete evidence one way or another. But what, can we read into anything that a deal has not been reached on an extension yet, or is that just unrealistic to even uh, think about at this point? I, uh, gosh, it's a great question. So let, let's just try to lock. I don't know is my answer. It's just really bad radio. Um, so let's try to walk through it. So the deadline is 20 days away, right, or so. Um, should they have come to an agreement 20 days early? Um, I, I, I guess I would say the fact that they didn't come to an agreement in by the opening of training camp means they're not as close as we'd hoped that I might go there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause let's say one side was at what's his, his max is 35, right? Right. It's not the big number. 35%. So let's say, mm-hmm. th- yeah, let's say, let's say like, you know, they were down a little bit from that and the jazz were, and they were close. And you kind of feel like you just sit down at a table and get it done. Um, you know, if he's, if the jazz are offering less and he's wanting the super max, then, you know, and the Jazz are not offering it, you know, then maybe that, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know the details. Um, Rudy's agent has been, uh, he's a really interesting man. He's been very understanding. Um, he doesn't kind of fit into the whole model of agents around the league. Um, in at least my, I guess my take on him has been that he's done things in a manner so that you don't feel like he's trying to get the next, you know, a lot of times I feel like agents are trying to get their next client with their deal, right? Yeah. Um, this is not how I felt about him and the interactions with the Jazz uh, in the past. So um, he seems like he's been a pretty straight shooter. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, if Rudy's asking for the Supermax, that's just a really big number that's really hard. Um, I, I, I guess what I'm kind of saying without having any real knowledge is I would be a bit surprised if he's asking for the Supermax. That wouldn't, that wouldn't match to the persona that his agent has given off in the times I've spoken with him or the way Rudy um, reacts. So um, I don't know, but I don't know any of the facts, so I should really be careful what I'm saying right now. This question, David, has uh, less to do with Rudy, although it is related to it. Uh, as I hear him talk, he says, I want to win a championship here. And I guess that's easier said than, than to really be believed at times, uh, especially in the middle of a negotiation. But my question to you is, as I hear the other players talk, they seem there seems to be uh, a feeling of brotherhood on this team that should I fall for it? I guess that's my question. And how much of a difference does that kind of congenial team feel have as far as success goes so uh let me uh will you make sure i get back to something else about rudy's press conference yesterday because i thought sure. there was something else that was really but i'll answer your question but if you could just remind me to get back to something i thought there was something really awesome about it um you know justin zanuck and dennis Lindsay have have talked and quinn snyder's talked and the concept of continuity seems to be important 
Um, you know, it's interesting. The team last year didn't seem to have the same love that it had the year before for each other, right? Like, or in, you know, sometimes it's marketing. But we had gotten into that, you know, all is one, one is all thing two years ago with Rubio and Crowder, and they were so outwardly about it. Yet you hear Boyan in his interview talking about how it's the closest team he's ever been, and you have Derek Ordino putting Boyan's picture on the elevator of all the doors in their hotel so that every time they got to their hotel floor in the bubble that Boyan was sitting there on the inside of the elevator door. Boyan was on the on a Zoom call in every meeting and part of every pregame chat while he wasn't in the bubble. And he talks about how this is the closest team he's ever been a part of. Um, and you hear that now from a lot of the players. So I, I do think that this group was probably a little tighter last year than we gave them credit for. It did go through a lot of changes. Um, but Jordan is a really interesting personality that gave this team a little something they didn't have. He's, you know, he's really beeping cool. And we didn't have that same kind of cool factor that is Jordan. And, and Jordan's unique. Like, I don't know if you guys know Jordan, but like Jordan on one level can be hanging on any, you know, street corner in the world. And, and what I mean by that is he could be in the inner city. He could be in the middle city. I don't know what that is. He could be in an art gallery. He could be frankly down by the river in a van. Like, that's who he is. Like, he can do any of these things. And that's, like, he's a little Boris Diaw-esque, actually, um, in kind of the eccentric uh, renaissance personality that he is. And I think he, and so, you know, on one level, it's probably the guy who might be closest to the, on the team is Joe Ingles. And on the other level, he's tight with Donovan. On the third level, he understands how incredibly bright Rudy is and the uniqueness of the perspective Rudy brings interacts with him as well. So, I mean, I think that, there, it was a rebuilt team chemistry, and then you bring Faves back, who everyone has undying respect for, and so you do you do have you know a, a camaraderie with this group that, and maybe more importantly on the court, a continuity piece. Kevin Pelton of ESPN has done a bunch of research on continuity. He does feel it only lasts for a short period of time in the season. It's not a in this case seventy two game thing for an advantage, but it should be an advantage early. So what was the thing about Rudy? Talk about improving. It's all he talked about. Like you go back and listen to that press conference. He talked about how he could get better, how he needs to improve, how he wants. This guy is like two-time all, two or three-time All-NBA, two-time defensive player of the year. Really, I thought should have been maybe third time last year, but people got bored voting for him. And yet, what's he talking about? How he can improve. And he's talking about how he can improve defensively. He's the greatest defensive player in the world, and he's talking about how he can improve defensively. It's incredible. It's so awesome to have that personality and that desire and – on this team, because you know what, more than the kind of your point of like, should I buy into the talk? Cause you know what, frankly, talk this time of year is total B crap all the time, but Rudy's serious, man. He's always trying to improve. He is always trying to win. Sure. He's a pain in the butt sometimes. You know why? Cause he wants to win. Like that's like, yeah, he's a pain. There's no question. Cause he's got an undenying quest to win. And it sometimes comes out in a manner that's not like, Hey, I love you, but it's like, just do it right. And so, you know, when you hear him talk about having phase back defensively, you hear about him talking about how they felt like, you know, openly admitting that there were games against the Lakers where they did feel as Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay played that said they, they felt like they had a physical disadvantage. And he talks about the fact that their goal is to be the number one defensive team in the league. If they're the number one defensive team in the league, they're incredible. Because, well, they were, you know, you're picking dates and, in self-selecting sample sizes, but they were the number one offensive team in the league from December 24th to March 11th. And so let's say that's a little skewed in some weird ways because 
It doesn't include the first 20 games of the season, which are always the most of uh, the best indicator of analytics. And we actually hadn't played all the best defensive teams in that time period. So that's, you know, self-selecting sample size. You could try to poke holes in it legitimately, I guess is what I'm saying. And so let's say you poke a few holes in it and they're the fourth best offensive team. Like if they're top five in both, they're great. And that's like, you know what? Like to me, the fact that Rudy's coming back and saying, not like, hey, I need a defense to help last year and now we finally got it. I'm the best defense player in the world. No, I need to get better. I need to improve. I'm going to be working on a lot of offense. Like I thought it was awesome that you're like he's talking about that. David Locke is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, David, last time Favors was here, uh, they played him together with Rudy mainly at the beginning of the halves, right, at the beginning of the game and then beginning of the second half. I'm curious, uh, are they going to do that again? And with that in mind, what do you think the likely starting lineup will be right out of the gate? I have no idea on the starting lineup. Um, Really, really no idea at all. you know, I think it might evolve from night to night. Quinn's always kind of wanted to do that, but never been able to do that. Um, you know, if you're playing Marcus Ole and Anthony Davis, then maybe you got to start Derek Favors, right? Because Boyan Bogdanovich guarding Anthony Davis just doesn't really work. Like, if you're playing New Orleans and you're playing Zion, you know, Stephen Adams and Jack and Zion Williamson, then maybe you've got to start Derek Favors on those nights. Um, and maybe if you're playing some four that you don't want to have Derek running around following all night. Then I'm trying to, yeah, I don't know who that is, but just work with me. Um, then, you know, Dario Saric and, or uh, someone like that, uh, then maybe you're starting Boyan Bogdanovich and you're rotating night to night. Um, you know, Faves has said he, he doesn't care if he starts or if he um, comes off the bench, but he has also said that he kind of expects to play 20 to 24 minutes a night. And so if that's the case, and Dennis was pretty open about that. He believes those two players together work and that they've statistically shown to be positive in the past. So if that's the case, then at some point in the night, if to get Derek to 20 to 24 minutes, you have to have the two of them on the floor together. Does it have to be starting? I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe actually when the rest of the world kind of goes a little smaller in their second unit, you decide to go big and you just pound the crap out of people. I have no idea. Along those same lines, David, will it make a difference that you have a shooter like Boyan Bogdanovich uh, attached to that offensive attack now so that you're better suited to get away with having Derek and Rudy on the floor together? So yes and no. Can I do that? Yeah. So yes, you know, if you start, so you start Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, you've got three 40% shooters, Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. And the idea is that you're going to be just enough better offensively that that incredible defensive lineup um, is that the Jazz had in the past will be there. Now, the only thing on that to be a little careful about is that both Mike Conley's not as long as Rookie Rubio and Boyan Bogdanovich is probably not as good a defender as Joe Ingles, which was that previous lineup. Um, and so I don't know that that would be equal. I mean, that lineup we had before when they started together against starting lineups, I mean, unbelievable against starting lineups. They were so dominant defensively. They were the 99th percentile defensive lineup in the league. Uh, it was below a point of possession. I mean, it's really, truly amazing when you consider that all of their minutes were against starting teams. And so it's why Dennis Lindsay can feel so comfortable in saying, I know it works and I can, you know, putting it back together. I don't know that with Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, which was the offensive pivot of a year ago that worked exactly as they wanted it to, they would be able to be as dominant defensively. Now, again, almost to my point on 
earlier, if there are a few notches off that, they'll still be fine because that other group was incredible. Um, the only one that I do worry about on that is when we had Ricky Rubio and Joe Ingles and Darren Mitchell and Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert on the floor. We really had a hard time scoring. And part of the reason was because, and maybe he's matured enough and changed as a player that it won't be a problem, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell would come off the pick and roll and he would just run into Derek Favors' man every time, right? Favors' man would just be sitting in the lane, cutting off Donovan's drives because they just didn't care if Derek was spaced to the corner. And so if Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich are on the floor also, I don't know that it matters because I think Derek Favors' guy is still going to be sitting in the lane on a high pick and roll. Dave, this is kind of a random leak question for you, but give me a team that had a sneaky good offseason. New Orleans. Ah, I didn't expect that. I don't not convinced that losing Drew Holiday, picking up Eric Bledsoe is as big a drop as everyone's gonna make it. Um Zion for more than a full season. Steven Adams, uh Derek Favors is a different um approach, but Adams is bigger. And so it might not. It might be a step forward, or I don't, or evil equal. I don't know, but it, you know, um, they paid a lot more for Stephen Adams, so it better be a step forward for them. Um, the only thing is, I just don't know how they're going to be able to shoot well enough. But I, if they if they play with pace and are able to get out like they did under Gentry, then maybe it's not going to matter. Um, I mean, they're really clogged, right? So J.J. Redick is their shooter. Brandon Ingram's a pseudo-shooter, and Lonzo Ball was decent last year. I'm not sure he scares you yet. Um, but, I, yeah, I thought that – and then they've got great depth now with some of those trades. So, plus all the draft picks they got. I think New Orleans had a really good offseason. I think they're a playoff team. Uh, Phoenix, I'm not as in on just because I just am not going to jump up and down and get excited about a 35-year-old, 36-year-old hamstring um, that's had a lot of problems. And – uh, I do think if you know if Chris Paul suddenly misses 30 of 72 games, that's a problem for them. Um, I thought the Clippers turned a terrible offseason into a great one. Serge Ibaka will be much better in the playoffs than Montrezl Harrell, and I love Serge Ibaka. So I'm, you know, you're dealing with just a player I particularly really really like as a player. Um, Kevin Pelton's projection system had Toronto still as the second best team in the East, which was really interesting because. He feels like they lost so much, but maybe Gasol had slipped a little bit and Abaka, they were able to replace Abaka. I was surprised by that. And that is probably it. I mean, the real story to me is that for all the movement and all the talk and all the everything, there's really, I would guess, the top four in each conference projected for this season are the exact same as the top four projected for each conference last year. Speaking of the Clippers, David, what did you think of the reports? And these aren't new. We've heard some of them, but uh, they've been they've resurfaced now that they've had some real problems chemistry wise because of the favoritism granted uh, Kawhi Leonard and and uh, Paul George. Uh, you know, schedule, scheduling uh, practices or being able to cancel practices and all the other stuff that they're able to do. It's kind of the exact opposite of what we're talking about with the Jazz. How big of a problem is that really when you've got that kind of talent? So I had heard this all season long. Um, I think I might have even alluded to it slightly. It's funny. Gordon, this is so weird as a reporter. 
So I mean, I don't know if I'm a reporter, right? I'm probably not a reporter. I'm a team radio voice, so I probably that's why I'm so cautious on this, and I don't want to be reporting it. But like, it's interesting to me that like that I've heard this all year. I've pretty much alluded to it on the air without being very specific. I had the specifics. I don't know if they talked about how many they talked about. I haven't read the article yet. I I don't know if they talked about waiting for the helicopter to arrive while everyone's sitting on the plane or not. But like that was a story that was talked about throughout the year. They said, um, they said that Kawhi was able to live in San Diego and come up, and sometimes he was late, and the plane was late for trips yeah, right. and stuff like that. So, all right, so um, it's a funny game to me. Like, I've heard this all year long, and now that somebody else has reported, I'm all, it's all right if I talk about it? Like, it seems weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, right? Like, doesn't that seem weird? So, I mean, we heard it all year. Um, and... Uh, I, I don't know. Is that an indictment on Balmer? Is that an indictment on Doc Rivers? Is that an indictment on Kawhi Leonard? Is that an indictment on Paul George? Like, I don't know how to answer, you know, what does it mean or how do you, how do you take it in? Um, it, it's certainly, um, that was a team that didn't look like they wanted to be there. I mean, I thought, you know, press conferences can be very revealing sometimes. Like when Lou Williams told you how many days he'd been in the bubble, you knew what you thought. Um, press conferences can be very re- – players can say things every now and then be very revealing. When uh, Montrez Harrell said during the year, he complained a few times outwardly to the media about, like, different approaches and different attitudes and everyone's got to be on the same page and all those things he complained about. And then he talks about how it didn't feel like the Clippers wanted him back and he went to the Lakers. Well, that – told me quite a big story by Montrezl Harrell in just those three quotes that he gave. So I do sometimes think if you just keep your eyes open and read, you watch and listen and read, there's enough information out there. You don't actually always need the reporters to break the stories for you. Now, maybe I have the advantage that I'm being told things and I know what to look for. But um, I thought that I thought that the Clippers kind of told on themselves throughout the last year with various quotes and various moments. David, real quick here before we let you go, I need your help with something. Uh, today we've we've come up with a new nickname for Austin. The an- the answer, by the way, is Edgy Wedgie for your daughter. Okay. Ooh, yeah, I know exactly what those are. Okay. Uh, so we we've come up with a new nickname for Austin, kind of a good vibe nickname. Uh, we we want to call him Captain Good Time. Um, and and we thought uh, this kind of came about as a joke because he occasionally does uh, post game interviews for you and sidelines, and we thought it would be funny. Uh, to to throw to Captain Goodtime, you know, like oh Donovan Mitchell with a big game. Let's uh, let's get the post game interview. Let's throw it down at the sidelines to Captain Goodtime. Captain, uh, we thought it'd be funny, and we were wondering, could you mock that up? So I would be more than willing to do this because it would mean that we're doing a post game interview with a player. Right. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't care if it's Captain Goodtime. Captain Bad Time, Captain Anytime, or Captain Miller Time. I am all for whatever time it is that I am now. The Jazz win it, 102-97. Donovan Mitchell with a huge night with 37. Let's go down to Captain Good Time with Donovan Mitchell. Captain? <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> that was amazing. That was just as good as I envisioned it. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. <laughs> No problem. Uh, I like it. See, see, Austin, as you know, he's kind of got uh, some bad luck sometimes, and uh, we thought maybe a, a good vibe nickname would be good. I love Austin. I have a deep place in my heart for Austin. He's the best, isn't he? Donovan, before we get to your big game, uh, Rudy Gobert hit the game-winning three-pointer from the soft corner. How do you th- how'd you feel about that? What happened on that play, Donovan? <laughs> so hey, Austin, we're talking what fantasy. Is, Austin, what is the soft corner? I don't know. You tell me. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded good. Like it's like an in phrase right now, and I actually don't know what it is. I've heard it a few times. So I'm always like, what is the soft corner? 
I would assume it's the same as the short corner, but uh, the closer corner to the ball being inbound, but I don't know. All right. I don't know. I've always thought it was weak side and strong side corner. I don't know. I'm going to start saying Quinn, that. Quinn, Quinn, Snyder has, Quinn Snyder has a different terminology for the floor because he doesn't like right and left because it depends which way you're looking at it. So he has uh, – I don't, I don't want to say what it is because I don't know if it's public or not. But so he has the way they talk about the floor and on their – inside the group is not strong side or weak side or right or left. He has a different phrase, phraseology for it. It makes a lot of sense. But it's so funny because I'll be talking to him about something and I'll say right corner. He'll be like, come on. I'll be like, oh, you know. And I have to learn it. And, like, frankly, I'm dyslexic, so it's like torture for me to try to learn it. I screw it up all the time. So it's kind of funny. I could never – all these guys love Quinn Snyder. Like, Derek Favors with the love for Quinn Snyder. Jordan Clarkson with the love for Quinn Snyder. Donovan with the love for Quinn I could not play for Quinn Snyder. I'm dyslexic. I'm not smart enough to play for Quinn Snyder. These guys are like geniuses to be able to hang with Quinn Snyder. Oh, yeah, I'd be in real trouble from day one. I'm with you on that, buddy. Uh, Hey, thank you very much, David. You're the best. We look forward to your uh, conversation each and every week. And, hey, uh, preseason games, what, week and a half away? Something like that. It's close, baby. Phoenix twice. What do we think? Are you getting the schedule tomorrow? Is that our guess? Well, yeah, because we got the – National TV today, I, I would guess the schedule falls tomorrow. The NBA, right? Is anyone as good at this as the NBA? Like, how can we create an entire week's worth of news around a schedule release? Because I actually think tomorrow we're getting the Martin Luther King Day release, hmm. of the, which are the TV games for Martin Luther King, and then we'll get the schedule the next day, so we get the schedule on, on Friday. Hey, stay in the headlines, man. It's good business. Need some good business right about now. They are they are good at this. No All doubt. right, fire it up. We're getting close. Pseudo training camp going on. Media week taking place. It's been fun to hear all the guys. Thanks, David. We appreciate it. And you. the only thing we're missing is Captain Good Time on the interview. <laughs> Amen to that. You're the man, David. Thank you. All right, we got to keep David's mock up there. I like that. He did a good job. David's the best. All right, we'll get that up online, 1280thezone.com. Sounds various clips coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Big thanks to Locke for dropping by the show. He joins us each and every Wednesday. We always look forward to it. Uh, The Maui Invitational is going on right now. In fact, I think uh, Texas just won it today, I believe. But it's being played in where? Asheville, North Carolina or something? Yeah, (laughs) and Shaka Smart with his new hair. Okay, so what's the deal with that? Austin and I, listen, he went from bald, bald. I mean, bald, bald to now has a just a free-flowing, curly head of hair. I actually did a little digging yesterday. Okay. Uh, it is exactly, I looked at pictures and videos of when he was bald for the last, I don't know, 40 years, or however long it's been. And then I looked at pictures of his hair now. I honestly think he was just shaving a full head of hair every day. He, he liked the I don't the think he got hair. any surgery. I don't think he got implants or anything like that. No, I don't believe so. This is his hair. Because mostly that only works on the top of the head anyway. You don't really do plugs around the sides. And if you look at his pictures through the years when he was quote-unquote bald, you can see his hairline still. And that hairline matches exactly 
where this new hair has okay. appeared. It'd be, so I, he fits he fits the exact uh, profile that you've always talked about, Austin. And that is that you like the way you look, right? You like it, and that's why you do it that way. Uh, you well, I, I I I am bald on top. Let's be clear. I don't think Shaka Smart is. No, he's not. But 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 he liked it. Yeah, that's why he was doing it. Sure. Yeah. Now, right. 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 Let me let me ask you this. Okay, Shaka, I get your your reasoning. It sounds like you've looked into it. What about Mike Malone? Mike Malone is a completely different story. That guy got plugs, right? Now, you can get absolute plugs on the top, and Mike Malone is still thin on the sides, if you've noticed, with his uh-huh. new hair. Uh-huh. Because what you do is, you, if you're a bald man who's lost the top but haven't completely lost the sides, is you take some follicles and you plug them in the top of your head right. and let the sides grow out as long as they can. That's what Mike Malone's been yeah. up to. That he claimed it was a COVID <laughs> reaction. No that's way. baloney. I, that's garbage. I totally agree with you. Just own it. So Just Sean, Brian Urlacher. It. Just be like, yep. I prefer to have hair, so I got a a, a, pl- a plug. Which is totally fine, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, if you can stand the mockery that comes with it, great. I'm I'm with you. If you want to, you know. I would never do it. I think that there's a there's something to be said about uh, having pride and not caring, loving yourself regardless of how you look. But hey, if it helps you love yourself better, then yeah, go for it. Why not knock yourself out? But yeah, it was Mike Malone. You know, oh, we, it was a shutdown because of the coronavirus, and oh, look at the, look at this hair. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, uh, but anyway, the point is the Maui Invitational being played in North Carolina. Bill Walton has been on the call, and uh, things uh, got a little loose the other day. To be the champion, you got to play offense. Offense wins championships. All, all the greatest players were phenomenal offensive players. And so if you can't score, you can't win. So you got to, your whole mindset has to be like, okay, i got to put points on the board. We have to put points on the board. We have to score. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Give me some food, will you, big guy? That guy, Corey, is really good. Now, what's the other guy's name? Who's the other guy? Roy, Roy Philpot. Philpot. Now, is that with a PH or an F? Uh, it's with a PH, yeah. Everybody's got a so PH he's, in this tournament. He's like, what, what is your PH? Minus seven. Minus seven. You're more uh, acidic than you are basic? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that, we, we already knew that. Proud of this. <laughs> I am where? I'm in our solar system, sitting atop a mountain on Mars, which is the largest mountain called Olympus Mons. It's the largest mountain in our solar system. So not what's to be behind confused, the curtain? Not to be confused with Mount Mitchell, which is spectacular. Mount Mitchell has 19,000 species of fauna and flora on it. We talked I've about isoprene yesterday. How's your isoprene levels today? Still high, as you are. As you are. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. So you got any, pro- <laughs> got any problem with the way Bill's doing it? No, I find it funny, but at, at this point, they're encouraging him to do it, right? I mean, yeah, it, they it's are. It's become a shtick now, right? Yeah. They, they've given him the green light, and he's w- willing to to do that. There are some fan bases out there who have expressed some anger that uh, Bill's not paying close enough attention to their team. Well, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. But he's you know making fans... college basketball in December interesting. But, you know, fans fans like uh, like to hear the announcers talk up their team. 
And if a game is going on and he's talking about a mountain on Mars, then uh, maybe maybe that bothers them. But uh, ob- it's obvious that Bill has been told, yeah, Bill, we like it. Go ahead. Do it. Well, I mean, anything to make Indiana basketball interesting again. <laughs> Shaka Smart had to grow hair to get attention right, in December. Yeah, exactly. I mean, early season college basketball just isn't all that gripping. Something you guys just said, though. Do you think it is all completely shtick, or do you think he is imbibing, in, to, no. to use a term? Oh, I'm well, sure he I don't is, know. But... He, yeah, he may be doing that, but I don't think he's high on the call. That's what I mean. Do you oh, think, I think he's, he's using while on air? Oh, yeah, I think he's likely high on the call. But like, I mean, So wait a minute, wait a minute. That's quite an accusation, man, because it's shtick. He's doing shtick on the air. Is that what is- shtick his street drug name? I don't <laughs> What do you mean he's doing shtick on the air? I'm unfamiliar. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it just to, because they've told him, hey, Bill, we like it when you riff off in these other directions and do these different things. We get good positive I'm a feedback. sucker for grass. Yeah, I mean. Shtick. Uh, yeah, I, I think it could be shtick. Oh, I think it is shtick, and also recreational shtick, or probably uh, enhanced. If you yeah, if you get my drift, I, that I don't know. Is he able to? You know, I've never been high before. So tell me, could you comment on the game the way he does when he is focused on the game when you're high, or because uh, like, why are you asking me not, this question? <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> I mean, not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that maybe you have talked to somebody who has uh, informed you. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I would guess uh, that, you know, somebody, they said, uh, you're more acidic. I would guess he's not on acid, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Did he say I'm a little high? And he said, or, no, or that was did what his partner say you're a little high? That's what the play. I've seen Bill Walton at a, at a Grateful Dead concert, though. Yeah, I'm lit. Who cares? Uh, a lot of people have seen him, I'm sure. Uh, but- <laughs> I uh, I was behind him. It was here. It was when the dead was here, and I was behind him in the beer line. Oh, yeah? But he stands out like a sore thumb, you know, because well, he's, he's tall. And so uh-huh. I just uh, said, uh-oh, and uh-oh. he turned around briefly, you know, because that's what he said with yeah. the Stockton mm-hmm. thing. Yes, we, uh, we got it. Uh, Swifty Stay on Twitter tweets in. And says, you realize how much Gordon and Bill Walton sound alike, right? Gordon, your response? I have never partaken. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. I think he's he saying means, because I said alike. to Jake, this sounds like one of those not sports reports we uh-huh. had last week. <laughs> a, a man in Colorado watched a bear eat a deer. Now, have you ever eaten deer in Colorado or have you eaten bear? I'll tell you. I don't know. Sounds very much the same. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Maybe we should well, be asking questions about you. Maybe you should, you know, but I'm not calling a game. No, you know? you're just doing a radio show. Right. Right. And that's different. Is it? Yeah, it is, because people aren't running up and down the court or a field or in front of me while, while I'm riffing about what's going on on the mountain on Mars. <laughs> right? I think it's pretty similar. Do we sound alike? Apparently. All right, stay tuned. Well, that, that's, that's, not in, that's not intentional. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for uh, making us a part of your day. I don't like when you just start laughing. Uh, just... Oh, I like it. I like it because I know he's cooking something up. No. By it... the way, before before you tell us what what why you were laughing, I want to thank you, Jake. Oh, boy. That sounds thank like a you. setup. Seriously. No, thank you for picking Bane of the Day. This has brought back some fine memories for oh, me. Good. Thank you very much. Good. Yeah, yeah, I thought it's good. You know, Gordon's right. I do have bad taste in music. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We haven't played the sandals thing at all today, which it I hasn't really fit in. Disappointing. That's true. Uh, no, I wasn't laughing what, about the sandals thing. I like wearing socks with sandals. Yeah. Oh, that one sounds good. That sounds very believable. One more time. I like wearing socks with sandals. Gordon? I can't tell you how disgusted I was when he made me say that. <laughs> but but it's not the sandals that I uh, – it's it's the shower shoes. It's uh, the, What do you call those? Are sandals. They sandals. They're sandals. No, no, you know, that's not – sandals are the things that you strap across your foot and hook – that sounds like this is what sounds you like, had on. Yeah, what you're talking Just about. Just because I wore white socks once with my shower shoes when I went on with Bowler, you know, back in 1990-whatever. Like sandals. <laughs> Here we go. That's the a good one. says he's going to play it, he's going to play it. Yes. No, I wasn't laughing about anything show specific. I was just watching these clips from the Family Feud where they ask just an incredibly inappropriate question about Kermit and Miss Piggy, and I'm just uh, thinking to myself, like, how could they get away with this? That's on the, I've noticed on the that air. lately about the Family Feud. It's racy. It's less family. <laughs> it's racy. <laughs> it, it is. I can't. I, I'm just kind of shocked that that. I mean, because that goes out over. You we know, asked 100 o- listeners, and then the questions like, I heard that uh, for the for the first time in college that term, and the, here they are on Family Feud. Like honestly, that's that's over the air television stuff, and and here, and I know we're we're a, a family show and all that, but I would not feel comfortable asking that question on these airwaves. And what then, was the question? I would not feel comfortable asking that question on these airwaves. And then oh, with your say, mother standing next it. to you, having to answer no. it. No, if they can say it on that show, we can say it on ours. I don't want to. Don't That's know. what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. It's. I'll too, Google it and but see. When did the Family Feud get so so blue? Well, it goes back to when Richard Dawson was slobbering all over all the guests, contestants. Can we yeah. use a different word? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, and uh, Steve Harvey, I, I think he's he's often funny. But yeah, we cannot ask this question. Uh, that's on what the I'm air. saying. We can't. We can't. Oh air, my gosh! Air, that's air, like an text, SNL sketch. Te- text it to me, and I'll say it. I'm not no. texting it to anybody. No. No, no, text it to me, and I'll and I'll say I'll see if I can say it. No. There's not a prayer. And, uh-uh. and uh, uh, just just go ahead and do it. Let, let me see it because uh, you can't you can't say it because then it would go over the air. But text it to me, and then I'll I'll see what you're you're saying. Why don't you Google it? Because you have it right there in front of you. I don't think Austin's going to do it. Jake, will I, you do it, please? Why? I wanna, because I don't know what the joke is. I'll tell you off the air. I don't feel comfortable saying it Gordon, on the air. I pr- you have to trust your captain. This cannot be said <laughs> on air. It no, can't. It really can't. 
Am I going to have to start calling you, the two of you, Captain and Tennille? Oh, please don't do that. Uh, no, you don't need to a do that. little muskrat love? <laughs> That's... Are you a writer for the feud? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> are you moonlighting? Are you are you writing questions for the feud? Is that, happen- is that happening? No, I was never asked to go on that show, but I was asked to go on to tell the truth. Yeah, Have I ever yeah. told you that oh, story? No, no. never. To tell the We've truth. heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. Is it not perfect that on this show, when I tell the truth, 99.9% of the time, that they would ask me to go on to tell the truth? Especially since you guys disparage me constantly trying to tell people that what I'm saying isn't true. Hey, we have some breaking NBA news, Gordon, real quick, not to interrupt uh, such riveting radio. Uh, this just coming across, Adrian Wojnarowski, Houston has agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall in a first-round pick. Woof. All right. On both, oh. <laughs> both sides lose. Who? Yeah, who's off? Who's better, worse? Better well, worse. Well, you get the first-round first pick. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. I guess. So Houston's worse off? I mean, okay, they, or okay, they get just, the first just, round pick. Houston's just on their abilities, okay. just on their talents, which of those two players would you rather have on your roster right now? For that price? Neither. I know, but the price is what it is. Westbrook, because he doesn't have the injury that John Wall's yeah, been fighting back from. Right, Well, he doesn't have the Achilles. So, yeah, I guess that's his uh, – uh, that's, that's Guys can come back answer. from the Achilles, though. But, not, but he was – like, his speed was what made him unique. Yeah, and if he true. loses his speed, it's he's not going to be the same player. Oh, that's a ter- – oh, how did they both swallow after that one? That is awful. Yeah, what a sticky The taste trade. of that is like Robitussin. I, I guess they got, they got a first round pick, man. That's that's worth a whole lot. It's it is almost like a cancel out trade. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Here, you take my problem. I'll take yours. <laughs> that's basically what but they did. You, but if you throw in a first round pick, then I'm I'm listening. I can't believe yeah. they got a first round pick out of that. Does Russell Westbrook do anything to make the Wizards a little more legitimate out there? No, I don't think so either. And John Wall is not making Houston. Do you think he's making James Harden go? All right, now I want to stay. Well, if you I'm- know, it's, it's interesting that you bring up that comparison with John Wall with the Achilles because aren't you expecting Russell Westbrook to continue to decline athletically as he ages? And once that's gone, then obviously he doesn't have the perimeter game. Well, you can say the same thing about both players. If yeah. I'm if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm a little grumpy today because. You just traded uh, John Wall, who, granted, is a pretty high-usage player, but for a really high-usage player. I, that's why I was thinking I'd rather have John Wall. Yeah, I don't know. I, we'd have to see what kind of player comes back. I think Austin makes a valid point there. But Houston just had to get off of Russell Westbrook, and when you have one of the worst contracts in the league on your team, odds are you're only going to be able to trade it for another one of the worst contracts <laughs> in the league. And it's it's a 2023 protected First round pick yeah, is what Shams uh, is saying. Okay, so it is that's diminished. a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Russell's headed for the nation's capital. See, but I think it works better for Houston, don't you? Because uh, if they keep James Harden, and if they and John Wall at least can distribute the ball. No. Yeah, yeah, okay, but he's not going to have the ball in his hands to distribute. Thus, the problem of playing next to James Harden. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. it doesn't yeah, really change anything. It doesn't change anything. In fact, it's a slower uh, injured Russell Westbrook. Pretty much. 
<laughs> Except for he could do some things that Westbrook wouldn't. Like, Two years ago. <laughs> well, we don't know. There, there's some mystery involved, but maybe they're convinced that he'll be able to return and uh, regain some of his uh, best skills. I'm still not convinced that Harden will be there in two weeks. Yeah, so, yeah that could be it. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Man, it was a jam-packed day. Had, sure uh, was. Lots of guests, great guests. Uh, Tanner, Christian Cox, uh, David Lockford jumping on with us. We heard from Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal. We were we were jammed today. Yeah, we sure were. Lots of information uh, and uh, everything from BYU playing potentially Coastal Carolina to the brotherhood that's felt among jazz players. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. I hope BYU makes that game with Coastal Carolina. I hope they make a game with anybody, but I think that has yeah. the potential to be a, a pretty decent matchup. Yeah, if you told me that BYU could uh, schedule a ranked team, I'd say, yeah, please do it. Let's see what this team's made of. Let's give us more information. That's what people want. They want, well, not the teams that they were asking to play, but, you know, that's a bit of a problem. But uh, but BYU is uh, is desperate to, to play football, and I can't blame them for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I well, I've said this to you for a while now, but I uh, I want to relish every opportunity I get to see this team play because I think they're really good, and I think Zach Wilson is really good, and I don't think he's going to be back next year. Yes, so I, I think you're 100 percent correct. I want to see more uh, opportunities to see him play in a BYU uniform. You know, and it's not just Zach Wilson. It's the combination of things that are happening with the team that uh, that offensive line can protect him. So it gives him more time to feel comfortable and to deliver the ball to the receivers who have played really well. And, and and you've got this sort of dynamic happening with this team. But all we don't know, what we don't know is how good these teams are that they're playing. I mean, they, that's the big question. Uh, I think BYU can play because I watched them play. But what would they do if they were going up against Georgia or going up against uh, the best teams in the country? We, we've we been cheated out of that this season, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Gordo, will you enjoy your evening? Captain, good time. It's been good to see you. That was a productive part of today. At ease, sailors. All right. <laughs> Is he going to start treating us like he's the captain? I hope so, because I find it funny. All right. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.